What's up, Gang Cotton Nation? Tasha, I want to make a hit checking in. And you're about to hear the show presented by Express Sons Rooms of Columbia. Spurs up. Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes. Uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game! Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. I'll watch him celebrate now! Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm telling you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. All right, greetings and good morning. Happy Friday, finally, inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and very proudly presented by Express Sunrooms. It is almost the weekend, and it's going to be a good weekend, hopefully, because the Super Bowl comes up on Sunday evening, and we'll get a Super Bowl pick from a Super Bowl champion later on in our program, former quarterback Anthony Wright will be here for a little while today. And there's a lot to get to with him. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia. They are our preferred sign partner as well. 803-407-9284. And speaking of Gamecocks, they are Gamecocks. Gamecock born and bred and now Gamecock owned is Signorama Columbia in Columbia. Uh, proud supporters of South Carolina Athletics. Interior and exterior graphics, vehicle graphics. If you need a car or a golf cart something like that wrap they can do that they can do everything as a matter of fact at signorama production install service design it's all there signorama.com and just check out the columbia location and our friend matt vaughn the owner is a wonderful wonderful friend and he is a great great gamecock we're one week from the opening of college baseball we'll certainly mix some of that in and throughout the week next week monty lee will be here on tuesday as a matter of fact and you'll probably recognize a lot of other voices that'll be joining us next week as uh, carolina is set to go in 2023 news broke yesterday that 2024 will be the year where texas and oklahoma will go into the sec and uh, jc's got a good article up on the bigspur.com where you should be a member if you're not get your life together and uh, he uh, kind of has some info, info in there as to what a schedule could look like for Carolina. They have not decided, though, J.C., uh, yet on the format, but they are down to just a couple. So we'll let you get through all that for us in just a minute. But with all that said, hi, Phil. Morning. <laughs> How's it going? We got, we got bald Phil and Colt J.C. once again with the crooked beanie. 
uh, to lead us off here on a uh, Friday morning. What's up? I love 14, it. I love it. It'll just fourteen beers at Applebee's. Beanie will just keep going back all all game long, all game long, all show long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, it'll uh, move. It'll move. Guys, <laughs> I I've been uh fix my mic here. I don't know why this thing keeps slipping on me. Um, uh, let's see. Almost ten years in the media, JC. You're you're what thirty, almost thirty years, maybe or so. Phil, you're dude. I'm only forty six years old. 20, 20, 25 years. Twenty five years. <laughs> Do uh, I look that old? My gosh. No, I think it's a work it's done, it. man. Like Madonna. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I guess it worked out like Madonna. Yeah. Just don't wear <laughs> so, what you wore, whatever that was. So I look like like Meg Ryan after she got a, her face hit in the face with a frying pan or a brick or something. <laughs> that, I think that's the look. That's the look Madonna was going for is the post-surgery Meg Ryan look. Yeah, Meg Ryan used to be cute and hot and all that, and then yeah, yeah. all of a sudden it looks like somebody set her face on fire and then oh, put man. it out with bricks. Right. Yeah, that was that was that. That's what Madonna says. I probably need to have some of that work done if I'm looking that old. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, the Nana's Porch, Nana's Porch award-winning Nana's Porch chat box is open. Um, and uh, and so pop in where you, John. Yep, we're, we're aware that Oklahoma and Texas are joining in 2024. What I was going to say was um, was you know, being in the media. Every once in a while, you you have one of those man that was really cool moments. And I got a feeling uh, coming up today. Personally speaking, that would be one for me. I, I've certainly talked to a lot of a lot a lot of people, but it's always neat to to talk to somebody you've never talked to before. And Anthony Wright is somebody I've never actually spoken to before, which is kind of hard to understand and believe, but it's true. Um, and it, it, he, there's a lot to talk to him about, guys. JC, you texted Phil and I last night, and you mentioned his son as a quarterback prospect. Uh, he's Julio, starting, yeah. Yeah, he's starting a quarterback academy is Anthony. Obviously, we'll talk to him about his time at South Carolina and his thoughts on the current state of the program, facilities, my, how they've changed since he used to walk into the doors of williams Bryce Stadium. Um, there is a Super Bowl this week. He played – or he uh, won a Super Bowl. He didn't play in the game, but that was Super Bowl Forty Two. the helmet David Tyree catch. Uh, and uh, certainly get some background info on him. Or what? I mean, do they actually, like, practice, or is it just all media during the week? Like, what happens – when you're playing in the Super Bowl, so there's just a lot of stuff to to really get to him with, and uh, I I hopefully he can stick around for a long, long time. But um, really, really excited to talk to what we used to call a one when you walked into Willie B. A-1. I looked for a, a GIF of a one steak sauce uh, on Instagram last night, and I couldn't find one. And Heinz fifty seven though, I'm like not a one, but yeah, Anthony Wright maybe one of the most underrated guys kind of in the history of Carolina football, um, had some good years. Uh, you know, when he took over as the starting quarterback, that team was good. They they lost some games they, quite frankly, should not have uh, in 96. They still went six and five. And then, oh, that was just one of those years where the SEC didn't have enough bowl tie-ins. So they, they, didn't, they didn't go to a bowl beat Clemson. 34-31 up there, and Deuce Staley and Troy Hammock ran all over him. Yeah, the, yeah. the next year, he got hurt, unfortunately. And I, and I think that was kind of a not only a cruise, uh, a crossroads uh, for him, uh, but also a crossroads for the Brad Scott era at South Carolina. Um, you know, I, that was a game where they played uh, Tennessee and Peyton Manning, uh, where the Gamecock defense, for once, one of the few times during that era, was good enough for them to win the game. 
Anthony got hurt and ended up being a 22-7 football game. Uh, Victor Penn comes in, tries real hard, uh, you know, and, and the bottom fell out. The next year, of course, was the uh, one of the worst coaching decisions I think I've ever made, I've ever seen, and bringing in Coach Chuck Reedy to run the offense. They scrapped that midway through the year, and Anthony had a pretty good year, and then he called on as a free agent. And where he really was impressive was uh, in the pros. There hasn't been a quarterback at South Carolina stick in the pros like 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 Anthony Wright. Connor Shaw stuck for a couple of years. Uh, Todd Ellis got drafted but cut, never kind of came back. Uh, Tanny Hill, no. Petty, no. The late, great Petty, by the way. Uh, uh, the guys during Spurrier's, Eric Garcia, you know, Dylan Thompson, none of those guys. Uh, Anthony Wright played though five, six, seven years and was actually a starter for the Dallas Cowboys, I think, for an entire season. Um, Vance and Border, North Carolina, uh, rocket arm, smooth delivery, beautiful passer. I remember he was a big time recruit, probably would have been a high four star back in the day. Uh, and I remember people couldn't wait for him to take over, uh, you know, because you had Tannehill there. And then you're like, oh, we got this other young guy. It was Brad Scott's first quarterback recruit. Uh, people were thinking he was the next Charlie Ward. And he, you know, honestly played very well, played very similarly to Charlie Ward. So uh, excited about talking to Anthony. It's a good week to talk to him. Like you mentioned, the Super Bowl tie-in. It'll be good to get his opinion about the program right now, where things are headed, uh, and all that good stuff. Certainly, you know, sort of in my little uh, uh, college years, uh, I guess uh, the year I met Phil's wife, and we started hanging out. That sounds weird to say. Uh, That's a long time. We ago. went to the uh, Clemson Carolina game, the, the last of the Tommy, the, the two and eight versus one and nine game. It's Anthony's last game as a starter. He's, I, remember, I remember vividly he put Carolina up seven other with a run early. Um, tickets were ten dollars to that ball game. <laughs> Uh, and that's that's the one where the Hardys and Easley screwed up my friend's uh, roast beef sandwich. And uh, our friend in the car, she said, well, I'm sorry. You know, you didn't get any roast beef. He goes, sorry doesn't put the delicious barbecue sauce on my roast beef, does it, Stephanie? And that was kind of funny. We always repeat that line. But um, yeah, got, got some Hardys, went over there, drank, drank our faces off, make the hike up to the top of Death Valley. It's a little cold. It was a night game. And. Lost, but hell, I had a great time. So uh, that was 98. 99 was a party unto itself. But uh, anyway, I uh, I do have – I do remember being in Anthony Wright's last football game in a Gamecock uniform. So that's uh, that's pretty awesome. Played for the – oh, John John comes in. Played for the Cowboys, Ravens, Steelers, Bengals, and Giants. And Giants, yeah. And won the mm-hmm. Super Bowl with the Giants. Vanceboro, North Carolina. So, so there you go. Uh, with that, Nanosports chat box is blowing up. Want to say good morning, Jerry. Want to tell Hayne, look, man, I didn't have carpool this morning. I put up a YouTube. We're starting to try to get into YouTube shorts. And that's not something I've talked to Phil and Jamie about, but, but they, I'm about to talk to them about doing a little too. Some behind the scenes stuff real quick, getting stuff. And I did one from the carpool because the moose wasn't ready yesterday. Uh, so I did not have carpool this morning, and I did not have actually have 14 beers at Applebee's. That's a choose-your-own-adventure book that I'm trying to get my way through. Um, actually, it's called 14 Beers at Chili's, but uh, Applebee's is kind of was my hangout back in Spartanburg. <laughs> you can Apple. clip that, and I would sound really cool. Applebee's was my hangout. Yeah, there you go, 14 I, I, Beers at Chili's. <laughs> it's a choose-your-own-adventure. 
It just makes sense because you know there are people that have done that. Like, oh, I, I was going to go to Chili's for a couple. Next thing you know, four turns into seven. You, <laughs> you get the bill and you're there. like, holy camoly. And then you're like, yeah, well, let's go to another bar. I'll come for a couple. And then all of a sudden, what? You're fighting ninjas. <laughs> or, or, or you choose your own. You go to the Waffle House. Or, or, yep. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, let's go, let's go get in. <laughs> let's go to Applebee's on a Tuesday and see what happens. <laughs> I feel like we've I, lived that choose your own adventure a couple of times. <laughs> Phil, I guarantee you we all have, all three of us. Uh, Clint's ready for another welcome home. I tell you what, Clint, when it happens, it's going to be a good player. It's going to be a player that makes you happy. Um, I think, uh, of course, we are at that time of year where sometimes you get commitments from folks and you don't even know who they are. Mm-hmm. But some those guys end up being pretty good players. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that'll have Josiah Thompson's right there. The kid from North Carolina that's fast. We talked about yesterday's right there. I mean, this this class, man. If they can hold on to everybody, whoo. hey, Clemson people are mad. They thought they were getting that kid from Burlington Cummings, and they still may. It's early, but you know, Clemson in that part of North Carolina, they they've gotten a lot of. Guys, who they want, you know, that Dexter Lawrence came from up there. DJ Reader came from up there. Uh, they're good at recruiting that that Piedmont area. South Carolina's not, or hasn't mm-hmm. been traditionally. So to go up there and snag that guy, I call him a missile because he looks like a missile. Um, yeah, would be huge for the Gamecocks, and you can never have too much speed, folks. Never have too much speed. By the way, we'll talk about Nick Emanwari and his speed here in a little bit. Uh, good morning, Twisted Rooster. Good morning, Tay. Lance says, "What's up?" It's a beautiful bush latte Friday. You can go to Applebee's or Chili's. <laughs> Choose your own adventure, Lance. Choose your own adventure. You know, uh, I I, I, I want to defend everybody here who is speaking good on Applebee's and Chili's, like Quantrell. Oh, he, well, he says his mom swears. I, I I I don't really get it because I still, I mean, we don't eat there really ever, but if I was on the road and I there was a Chili's or an Applebee's next to my uh, hotel or something, I would have no issue stopping to eat there. I like Chili's there, Applebee's. There's a Chili's date challenge trending on Twitter right now. If you win, you win a $150 Chili's gift card, a Chili's silk robe, a champagne flute, and then bath bombs and chocolates. How classy. I like that. <laughs> that I, I'll tell you what I like better. I like that daggum orange uh, queso they have there. No, I order I order from Chili's a lot. Applebee's, yeah, they don't really have one around where I'm at. But Applebee's, they had 69 cent beer night in Spartanburg when I was when I was growing up or when I was in college, or whatever. Uh, JB's lid. Uh, Jan likes your lid. I like that too. That design. That's the old school. What is it? Scholarship and leadership helmet design. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is Phil repping for the Cubbies? Phil? Yeah. Hi, Phil. Oh, Phil, hi. hi. Speaking of 14 oh, yeah. beers at Applebee's, Harry Carey. Maybe it was yeah. on. Hi. I'll say hello to Martha from Schaumburg. <laughs> she has a birthday today. Sean Dunstan of the plate. Sean Dunstan. Sean Dunstan. Andre Dawson, the big cat. Uh, <laughs> The button and a cups. Hey, these glasses. I, got, I, got I actually. Hi, hi, Phil. I think he already had fourteen beers at Applebee's. 
And I asked him before he came on, or or was that his night last night? But you know, hey, I was in bed by seven thirty last night. I've been, I've been ner- I haven't said anything because I've been out so much and sick and no voice on Monday and had a funeral, all this crap. I feel silent. Hadn't said anything, but I have had a cold all week, so um, um, I feel much better today. Uh, uh, here we go. I did Amazon. see somebody just a minute ago in there that said uh, something about uh, the trip to Norman. Uh, I, I actually, I, I am a, I am one of the, I don't know if it's few, but I'm one of a few people who are, my ultimate goal is to go to every team in the league. I want to see every campus and every stadium. Like I, I love that. I love going to away games. Um, according to Greg Sankey, the now farthest trip to take in the sec is Columbia, South Carolina to Austin, Texas. So that will be a little bit of a. A little bit of a haul, but um, that's a flight though. You can fly that's there a pretty easy. Yeah, well, Norman's also a flight. So is College Station. Yeah, those are all flights. I mean, I just drove yeah, to Jacksonville, Norman, and I won't do that again. But. The good, the good news is a Quantrell with with Norman specifically because you, you you got those those two schools in Oklahoma. You got Norman and you got Stillwater. Stillwater's kind of out in the in the. In, I don't want to call it a dust bowl because I've never been to Oklahoma, but I have read the Grapes of Wrath. Um, but that was back in the day. So I don't know if it, it's probably changed, right? Norman is actually a suburb of Oklahoma city. It's, it's, it's closer to Oklahoma city than Athens is to Atlanta. Athens is not considered a suburb of Atlanta. It's just right beyond the suburbs, but, but, but you, you fly into OKC, you can stay there and go down to Norman. Norman's very picturesque. It does look like people are just going to bust out in song from that musical Oklahoma at any point. Cause it's this big picturesque looks like the fifties forgot it. Oh, what a beautiful morning. What a beautiful day. I got a wonderful feeling. Everything's going my way. Oh, Oklahoma with the movie. Anyway, um, that's, uh, Jan says Applebee's is 69 in the same sentence. Never popped in my mind. Boy, you didn't go to Applebee's. I did. Anyway, maybe the one at Spartanburg is just all jacked up. The guy up here says that it sucks so bad. It shut down in Florence. Poisonous riblets. I Saunders, 50 cent shots at saloon and five points. I remember, I don't know if saloon still does it, but you used to be able to give them six bucks and get a six pack of beer too. That's amazing. I would give them seven. Yeah. (laughs) Ryan Kelso with the single, Clint says. Um, And somebody a minute ago, JC, we we skipped over. Yesterday, you, you dropped a Gonzi Gray just a minute ago. Somebody dropped the the name of a a, a dear friend. Where Matthew Odom, Mike Rath destroyed my intramural flag football team his graduate year. I mean, we won every game by forty points and lost his team by fifty. Let me tell you something. And he, you obviously figured this out, even though it was intramural football. Mike Rath was a really good quarterback, really good. and he should have played more at South Carolina. He would have started Spurrier's first year. Absolutely, he was ahead of Blake Mitchell a bit with the the mental part of it, and he was kind of Spurrier's kind of quarterback. And then the stupid NCAA these days, Mike Rath would have been able to have two or three more years of eligibility left. But back then, they were kind of sticklers. Yeah. about it and, and all that good stuff. Dylan asked any updates on Reims. No, when I have something on that situation, I'll let you know. I think it's up in the air. It's a legal situation. So, you know, we'll see what's that. All right, Connor brings up the topic du jour. We're going to hit a break, I think, and then come back and start hashing this out because there's a lot of moving parts and it all impacts South Carolina. Folks, this coming year of college football, 
If you love it in its current format and are resistant to change, savor every moment because this is it. Yep. 2024, the two West Coast teams go to the Big Ten. The playoff goes to 12 games, and Oklahoma and Texas come to the SEC. So we're looking at one more year, one last hoorah, so to speak, uh, with college football in its current form. So we're going to hash all that out. Um, and Connor does say if they go to 1-7, you know, nothing stopping, say, from Tennessee Bama playing every year just to be a non-conference game for those second-tier rivalries. Yeah, but that's – I feel like that's a real ACC thing to do, like North Carolina yeah. Wake do it. Yeah, uh, I don't think – I, I think the teams in our league will adhere to protocol. I mean, it's uh, – and look, I don't know that Tennessee or Bama – Bama at this point, I don't know they're going to be totally upset that because it's it's going to come quick. Every other year, you know, it'll come quick. You you could also do a scenario where it's two years on, two years off. I, I sort of like. I think the idea is to get every get 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 players to play over a four year period at every stadium in the league, and you play every team in the league twice um, over the course of, of of four years. So I think that's the deal there. All right, hit a break. Hit the brakes like Top Gun. Hit the brakes. They'll drive right by me. Uh, we'll be back uh, inside the Gamecocks the show. We'll roll on after this. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game packs. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters, and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper, and they offer pressure washing. Find them on Facebook or call 803-522-6832. A couple of painters, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699? One zero zero one is Matt's contact number. Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. 
Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or HeritageDigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is former All-American shortstop Drew Meyer, and you're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Gamecocks. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John Barber and his team a call, 803-446-4662. Set up a no-obligation consultation about a potential backyard outdoor retreat for your home. And, of course, the first hour of the show is brought to you by the Cindy Searfoss. The Cindy Searfoss. Why not? She is the Cindy Searfoss. The. That's right. I like Like. Yeah, that's right. And the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call, 864-414-5271. Like some others of our listening audience have already done, they've had good experiences with Cindy handling their upstate residential real estate needs. She'll be happy to help you with yours. And then uh, I don't know if you'd be able to do a lot of moving with these things, JB, but at least get you from point A to point B without having to break a sweat, right? Yeah. Yep, that's right. Event and bikes, you can find them at Electric Bikes of Charleston, Electric Bikes of Charleston Powers inside the Gamecocks. The show, Event and Velotric, Magnum Bikes, they're all available. Who here wants to move as fast as Nicholas Harbor? Or, apparently, Nick even Worry. This is the only way you're going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to catch those guys on foot. Uh, Make sure that you've got an event and bike. Before the summer gets here, that's for sure. Whether you're in the upstate, whether you're in the low country, whether you're in the Midlands, they've got something for you. There's no doubt. Their warranties and service after the sale are unbelievable. Electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. And as I've mentioned this to JC multiple times, you'll never have more fun on two wheels. Uh, inside the Gamecocks of the show, powered by Electric Bikes, of Charleston Electric Bikes, Charleston.com, <coughs> up to 28 miles per hour. They are so awesome, and you're seeing them increasingly everywhere. And there's a reason why everybody from all over the state of South Carolina actually comes here to buy them from Michelle and her team at Electric Bikes of Charleston because uh, let's – how do I say this without being – mean um well because they're just better than everybody that's why uh let your bikes charleston.com and while we're doing this let's remind everybody make sure you go to the a couple of painters facebook page so and, and enter to win a gamecock room they will paint your room garnet black and white somebody's going to win on march 1st so go to facebook and type in a couple of painters and enter that contest there there's a couple of stipulations like up to 300 square feet but guys that's a huge room that's 30 by 10. I mean, that's a big damn room. So yeah. if, you've got a, if you've got a Gamecock room, you can get it painted for free before you decorate the whole thing. So make sure you do that. All right, JC, uh, get to it. But do y'all have a preference? Are y'all, do either one of you prefer the 366 or the 177 formats? I think for Carolina, I like the 177. If I were just why John Q. 
whatever. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's let's separate. Let's separate now. Not not what do you think is better for Carolina? What do you personally like? There is a difference. Uh, I like the three six six. I like the nine conference games. I do. I agree with you. <laughs> I still probably. I don't know. I, I like I like nice non conference matchups because I, I, I and I kind of like it when teams play that haven't played in a while that should play every year. Like when West Virginia played Pitt this past season. Uh, you know, I like I like it when the Gamecocks play North Carolina. I like it when you know Clemson plays Georgia. You know those old school rivalry games. Um, you know, I guess you could still do that as long as everybody else, you know, is sort of. Uh, I guess playing a similar schedule. I mean, and this is what I don't understand with the SEC. Well, you're going to take a lot of good matchups off the table. I think in 2027, Alabama opens up with Ohio State and Notre Dame back to back. You know, you're going to take away those games because teams aren't there. And, and we're still at the point. And here, here's the problem the college football playoff committee is made up of a bunch of uh, old school minds that are still, <coughs> excuse me. Told you I had a cold. I didn't want to talk about it. Dang it. I jinxed myself. Quality radio. Um, yeah. so probably about that. Sorry about that. That's probably I probably should have, anyway. Um a bunch of old school people. I mean, think about the teams they put in the playoffs that absolutely got the the crap kicked out of them. But oh, they only have one loss compared to two. Uh, and that still means so much in college football. You know, I'd hate to see it if Alabama played a Notre Dame and Ohio State or whatever, and then went through a brutal nine-game SEC schedule. Uh, and then lost two games, uh, and then you got a team from the ACC. Uh, I won't say Clemson in the interest of fairness. Maybe a Florida State that's eleven and one, uh, but they haven't played anybody, and their one loss is more egregious than the two that Alabama took. You know, they're still with the mindset they have now. Um, that team's getting in over that other team, even in a twelve-team format. You know, because you're going to have that. You have a group of fives jumping up. Uh, and also because the AP rankings and coaches' rankings are, are about – I mean, I could go uh, scrape this turtle poo out the bottom of my pond and have a, a product that meant more to college football than some of those polls because they're just they're just like hamsters. They sit there and like, oh, well, until you lose, you do this. Well, we're in a different era. We're in a playoff era. Um, and so until you do that, you're going to have schools that are forced to say, look, we, we beefed up our schedule knowing playoff expansion was coming, but it doesn't do you any good. And so those games are going to go away. I, I, JC, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me. Enter. I, I don't, I don't know that that's entirely true. Here's why: the Big Ten already plays nine conference games. I, Alabama, a team like Alabama is going to have a really difficult time. First of all, Saban wants to play twelve conference games. He ain't scared to play anybody. He likes playing games that matter. But this is just specifically Alabama. Obviously, South Carolina and Mississippi State might be a different animal. But, like, if you're the SEC and you have nine league games and you're the Big Ten and you have nine league games and the SEC team says, yeah, it's a, we already got nine league games. We're not interested. People like the Big Ten are going to go, yeah, that's no. Because we play nine league games too, right? And the Big Ten is a good league. Is it the SEC? I personally don't think so. We'll see what happens in the future. Southern Cal and UCLA are headed there as well. Um, I, I, I like, do you like the idea though? Either way, either way, that either model one, seven or three, six, you're going to play everybody in the league home and away within four, a four year period, basically meaning everybody that comes to school, 
based on the you know the standard model of four years in college would get a chance to play every team in the league home and away um i and phil you haven't i don't think we've gotten your input on this yet i i, I like the three six simply because i'd rather see nine conference games although i don't want to see that at the expense of like you mentioned home and homes with virginia tech nc state miami teams like that that you traditionally don't get to play here at south carolina yeah, and I don't think they're going to be able to put guardrails on everybody else to say, okay, everyone has to play like two power five teams a year, and then you get one, you know, group of five or lesser opponent. Um, I think but you hit it, Jamie, like rotating through the entire conference for me is one of the things that would, should be a primary goal in this and that every team gets to play everybody within, you know, a traditional college uh, career span. Uh, right. I think that definitely solves it. But, you know, I, I, there's yeah, the argument really, there, there's a lot of them. Like, I think it's important for, you know, South Carolina and Clemson to both play uh, like schools like South Carolina State, you know, you know, give them that bit of money every year. You know, there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. I think it supports those schools and athletic programs that, you know, quite frankly, don't make near the dollars that your power five programs have. And you're going to lose some of that if you, yeah. you know, try to constrain the scheduling. So while my heart says I like the 366 model, I think in reality, the 17 might be a better way to go. Because it does give you the ability to schedule, like you said, home and homes with, you know, non-conference opponents. And it doesn't put your... It doesn't put the Clemson game in jeopardy ever because yeah, <laughs> there'll always look, be that game there. <laughs> people, people, I'll never understand like from the beginning why Carolina fans had a lot of angst about playing in Charlotte. Uh, I thought it was a good idea. It was actually Steve Spurrier's idea. If, if you guys that hate Rick God, Tanner, God bless our troops, by the way. Yeah, as I yeah, watch yeah. a couple of our helicopters fly over. Nice. That's right. Uh, it think. was Spurrier's idea to play North Carolina and Charlotte, by the way, not not Ray Tanner. So people want to blame him, uh, but but I do think not just the Carolinas fan base, but over time the neutral site games in the, in the opening weekend of the year, outside of the one in Atlanta, it, it, it's lost I, its mojo. I know where you're going, people yeah. are wanting to go more home and home. I mean, I, I'm yeah. on the air in Tuscaloosa every Wednesday. Alabama right. fans raised Kane. The last straw to them for them was they had to play Duke in Atlanta. You know what Duke. Who gets excited about it? why not just play them at home and, and, and they want more home games? Um, and so this year is the last Charlotte game on the schedule for South Carolina because Howard asked why why are you playing North Carolina and Charlotte? Uh, this is the last one of those games, and the, the one toward the end of the decade is in Chapel Hill and in Columbia to open the season. Uh, same with NC State, game guys are going back to Carter Finley. Same with Virginia Tech, they'll be going to Blacksburg. Uh, the only neutral site game scheduled is that game in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz against the Hokies in 2025? And you'd be a complete idiot not to want anybody to play in that Atlanta game because Carolina's never played that game. And that particular game to open the season, the Chick-fil-A kickoff or whatever, because of where it is, it's right next to the College Football Hall of Fame, because of the quality of opponent, because of the spotlight on Labor Day those games get, those are very important. Um, and uh, it took maybe, what, 25 years for the Chick-fil-A people to invite Carolina. They finally did. So that's staying, but the rest of these are home and homes. And, and quite frankly, you know, a, a, going to Miami in September is going to be kind of cool. Uh, playing down there. It won't uh, be cool. 
Although the Gamecocks <laughs> vowed never to play the, the in '87, the Gamecocks vowed never to play them again. But I, I guess because the Independence Bowl, they, they've made amends or whatever. But um, so that's about, the deal. Okay, so so you prefer the one seven four? I South prefer the one seven because I like I like those non conference home and homes. I also think this. Uh, and Garrett asked, "What's the three six and one seven? Let me explain it real quick for those of you that don't don't get three six is a nine game conference schedule. You'll have three permanent opponents, and then you'll you'll play the other six to you play six teams one year, and then the next year you'll play six. So it's really three six six and one seven seven. Um, in, in other words, so so you'll have, for example, in my model I came up with today, I had Carolina playing um, Kentucky, Mississippi State, and Georgia." Uh, and then Schedule A had, like, Texas, Alabama, blah, blah, blah. Schedule B, A&M, Auburn, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and, and you go through it and you try to make it as balanced as possible that everybody plays everybody. Uh, you're going to be going to Austin, Texas every four years. You're going to be in Norman, Oklahoma every four years. You're going to Baton Rouge every four years. And, and that's what the vast majority of the SEC coaches, players, fans, won't think about how stale yeah. the schedule's gotten, man. Oh, they had, Carolina had been to Bryant-Denny Stadium. All right, they, they played at Bryant-Denny Stadium the year. Saban won his first national championship. Yeah, 2009. Think about all that time. And Bama and Carolina are in the same league. Right. You know? Um, so so that's the deal. That's 366. That's 366 and 177. I like the 177 a good bit because, you know, you don't feel cramped because many, you know, four SEC football teams have rivalries with ACC football teams in state. You also have Oklahoma – which even though everybody's got their panties in the wad, in a wad right now, I think they need to play Oklahoma State or Nebraska or one of their traditional teams they want to play. I think it's good for Texas to play a Baylor or Texas Tech, somebody like that. Um, and, and you go from there. But, you know, you, you cramp it up too much and you're going to start getting into this like, hey, we're having losing seasons here. You know, we're not – and whatever. Now, I could also see the, 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 the positivity of nine – because if you're going to go one through 16 and just because they're doing away with divisions, that's another question in the, in the chat box. Divisions are gone. They're off the table. So mean one through 16 and also pods are off the table. One through 16, your schedule's your schedule, and there'll be tiebreakers, and the top two teams in the league go to Atlanta. Uh, I think in a nine-game conference schedule, Jamie, you're going to have less tiebreakers because it's an unbalanced number. Right. And you'll have teams playing more away games versus home games. You know, you don't really have that. Oh, well, we all finished four and four. <laughs> so pick one out of a hat. Yeah. You know, and you don't want it to come down to that. So um I, I you know, so I go back and forth. I see positives on both. Um do you have a the, hunch the, of where they're leaning? Any intel? See, it, I I thought for a while that nine was done. I was like, there's no way. Uh, but reading uh, some very good reporting by Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated today. And kind of asking around, eight's had the momentum for a while, and it's probably going to come down to is this, if ES is ESPN going to and Disney are they going to be willing to pony up more money on the TV deal for every team in the league to play nine? Um, now, now what's kind of cool about the eight is this. Sure, with, with the nine, you still have some semblance of oh, we play these guys every year. With the eight. You play one team every year. The next year, the schedule flips completely. So you have all this variety. And that kind of, I think, leads to a little bit more of unpredictability with with, um, 
with season to season because you got more than half of your games that flip up on you every year. So, so you may be a year away from having a breakthrough year. You're building your program, whatever, uh, and you play a bunch of teams that uh, have a lot of seniors, right? And say you go two and five against them. Well, then everybody's going to think, well, the next year you'll turn the tables. Well, no, you may not because the other seven teams that are coming on may be in the same boat you are and return a lot of guys. So <clears throat> if it's going to come down to the luck of the draw by and large anyway with regards to the scheduling, if they're going to do this, and I'm not a fan of the top two out of 16. I think it's ridiculous. Uh, I understand why they're trying to get the best TV matchup for the championship game possible. But I would get even more creative and go with like semifinals uh, and pods and things like that. You know, I would I would do it to where okay, top four uh, weekend after Thanksgiving. You know, you move all the in-state rivalry games up. Top four, you're playing in the semis uh, weekend before Thanksgiving, the chance to advance to Atlanta, and then everybody else. We're going to line you up. You know, five is going to play six, seven is going to play eight, eight is going to play nine. That way, you all get your same number of games in, and those those. Those bottom games will matter in terms of, of the college football playoff, at least some of them. Some will matter with bowl eligibility, whatever. The Big Ten was going to do something similar during the pandemic. Um, and, and then you're deciding it on the field and not always with a tiebreaker or, you know, in theory, the luck of the draw if these seven teams that rotate on are not as strong as the seven that rotated off. And so that, that that's my those are my thoughts there. That brings me to my next point. I'm just kidding. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm again. I, I'm a, I'm a fan of more conference games, but but I don't want to see it at the expense of losing um, big non-conference opponents. But Phil mentioned something earlier, and I want to touch on that. I know we'll hit a timeout, but when we return, the future of a lot of these uh, in-state. FCS or, you know, you could maybe, you know, group of five it if you wanted to. But those, those games, their future is in great jeopardy right now. And there's a lot that goes into that conversation. The most important conversation those schools are having behind the scenes are where are we going to get our money from uh, if teams like South Carolina and Clemson and others can't pay. So, We'll certainly hit on that again. Anthony Wright is coming up in hour number two on our program, the former quarterback at Carolina. Going to have a just a fascinating conversation with him. We're one week out from baseball. Continue to pump your questions into the Nana's Porch chat box, and uh, more than likely JC will answer them because Phil and I don't have the answers. But hang tight for those. We'll be right back. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh, easy. He's going to tie him by the tail, he has. Better hang on too. People have spoken. Nana's Porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper Public Poll. Also, their pimento cheese mm, took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest. Nana's Porch, Southern cuisine with an uptown twist. 
We're well into the new year and the days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks. Cock Nation, do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Uh, this is Coach O. Now back to the show. Go Tigers in the soul. Back. Welcome into Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. It's presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John and his team a call to discuss an enclosure for your porch or patio before summer hits. That way you don't have to deal with the bugs while you're outside enjoying your cold lattes. And, of course, the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Colwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the Upstate. Give Cindy a call, 864 414 5271. She'll be happy to help you with all of your residential real estate needs. And uh, yeah, I think, yeah. you know, the the way the, the playoff is set up with the 12 teams, the, the proposed 12 teams, and considering what we just watched for the national championship this year, how realistic is it that, say, a two lane gets beyond? the first round. <laughs> well, I consistently. So I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I, I, okay. So that's an interesting question. I always choose to answer it differently from other people. All right. So most people, they, they think in the here and now when, when you ask these questions, cause you see it every single year, um, whether, you know, uh, if there's four, t- every year it's, there's no way you can go more than four teams in the playoff because there's not even eight teams good enough to be in the playoff, which, number one, we actually have no evidence that that is true because we've never had eight teams in the playoff. Um, I could have certainly made the argument this year that Alabama playing in the national championship would have been better than the one we watched. But what, what I'll say, though, is this. Um, when they expanded the field in baseball and basketball, it allowed other teams to win national championships. It's not going to happen overnight, all right? But in order for programs to build themselves into legitimate contenders, they've got to have an opportunity to get in there. So so hypothetically speaking, let's just talk about the South Carolina Gamecocks because that's the show that we're talking about or that we're on, all right? If it's a four-team playoff and Carolina never cracks the four-team playoff over the next five years, ten years, then they're never – I mean, duh, then they've never made the playoffs. If it's a 12-team playoff and over the next 10 years, South Carolina gets in there four times 
That's a program builder. All right, you've now been in the playoffs for four years. Your program has more support. It has more money. It has more eyeballs. It recruits better. All those type things. Kids want to go play for winning programs, right? So if you have the opportunity to get into the playoff, you're South Carolina, you're Mississippi State, you're an NC State teams that are, you know, blue-collar programs that really never get in there, but they have good years, just not great years. But they do pop a 10-2, and two, and then they they sneak in as a, a nine seed or something like that, and then they, they get back in in a couple of years. Now all of a sudden you've got banners in your ballpark that say, College football playoff, college football playoff, college football playoff. You you all of a sudden have built a tradition here, right? And and so that creates a larger pool of programs where people people are. I listen to this all the time, and even some of the experts in college football totally miss the point. Apples, oranges. It's not going to change overnight. You can't argue the future from the past. You have to argue the future for the future. If you want to change the future, then you change the future. But you you don't take the past and plug it into the future and say, well, that's just how it's going to be because things will change when you change the format and the platform. I agree, and I, I think this, the twelve team model is the most inclusive. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, as far as will Cincinnati or Tulane or you know Georgia Southern or App State or anybody like that ever get past the first round, and you know, you, eventually we had. Um, it was a Maryland, Baltimore County. Dave Odom's son yeah. beat Virginia, and then say as a sixteen-one, we've had plenty of fifteen-two upsets. Uh, it, it's football; um, things can happen. Uh, you know, I, I think the fact that most of these higher-seeded teams in the first round, at least, are going to have home games uh, is going to be pretty interesting. I think on a neutral field, you know, there'd be a better chance, but. Uh, you know, so I'm kind of in the middle, but I agree with you. Uh, I think this gives more access. And, you know, it, it would be a real shame, guys, a real shame. And what I think would have been non-inclusive would have been to stick with four and then do away with divisions. Because when you look at the division format, and the division format is flawed because you don't, you rarely get the best two teams in the league um, in most instances. Sometimes you do, and it's a big deal like Bama and Georgia. Uh, teams are on a collision course or whatever. Uh, sometimes you don't, especially in leagues that aren't the SEC, because you know the Big Ten and all their genius—they are a bunch of geniuses. Just ask them. You know they put all their good teams in one division. Hey, Gash. Hey, give me a give me a beef and a Polish, and uh, we're gonna is make that, these is that, divisions. Is that gonna change though when Southern Cal and UCLA click in? What they're talking about keeping their divisions but reworking them because you, you've got Michigan, you've got are they Ohio bring State, back the legends and the State. leaders? That's what I'd do. I mean, that wasn't all that bad, you know, compared to I mean, everybody in the Big Ten East is completely screwed, you know. Let's just put everybody in the East. That way it was Kansas and Illinois. <laughs> and, you know, shut no, up. we're playing the leaders this weekend. You're playing the what? The, the legends. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, so, so you know, and, and I get it. You, you, you have this huge regular season game at Michigan-Ohio State, and the last thing you want to do is have them tank the regular season game at the end. And that that's the one interesting thing about this whole let's do one big deal. And this is probably why the Big Ten will keep divisions and just rework them. What if you play the – what if Alabama and Auburn are both undefeated, which has happened before, uh, or one, one has one loss, and – 
they're a lock to play in Atlanta the next week, and, and the winners go to the playoff. Uh, let, let's just say we're undefeated. Um, you know, if you lose the Iron Bowl and go win the SEC championship, you know, uh, you're probably going to be a higher seed than the team that won the Iron Bowl. I mean, how do you, how do you keep – because one of the great things about college football is the regular season. And I don't buy that the regular season and the bowls and all this are just going to die off. Uh, but it does kind of, you know, bring up the question about your end game as a team. If your end game as a team is to win the national championship, and most everybody's is, you know, are you going to be more reluctant if you if you got some injuries and you got some guys that are not necessarily injured but a little banged up to rest them and not worry about that Iron Bowl game because you're going to turn around and play them the next week anyway? Um you know, because most of these big-time rivalry games are played at the end of the year. Now, what I think could end up happening, especially with the in-conference rivalries, uh, is to avoid that. Because you're probably never going to avoid a situation where you don't double up and have one team, have two teams play one weekend and then turn around and play the next. That's probably going to happen at some point just because of how it is, how they're going to do it. But I don't think you want it to be the Iron Bowl or the big game or, or, or UCLA, Southern Cal or whatever. Um, so, so what I see happening is maybe some of these in-conference traditional rivalry games, i.e. the Iron Bowl, Michigan, Ohio State, moving to early, either like third Saturday in October, mid-season, or maybe even as the opening game of the season, uh, which I think would be a little bit weird because it takes that Thanksgiving rivalry tradition away. Um but I, I think you'd rather do that and preserve the game uh, as opposed to having one version of the game where everybody kind of just rests up and gets ready for the next week. What do y'all think about uh, – I, I don't want to – this is going to come off bad. I don't want it to because um, I understand it, obviously. But there's, there's, there's this – foregone conclusion and i've seen it multiple times already oh this benefits clemson this benefits clemson this benefits clemson this benefits notre dame this benefits right All now over the chat box yeah right right now yeah uh things change davos sweeney's he is he's not going to be there at some point in time you know bear bryant he, he he's not still at alabama uh saban's not going to always be at alabama air parsegian he moved on um you know uh, coach carroll moved on you know this these things happen um I would say this. I'm more worried about South Carolina. I don't care what happens with Clemson. Uh, if they get in, I'd love to see them in the playoffs. If we get in and Clemson's in, I, that would be awesome. I'm not saying if they get in, I'd love to see them in the playoffs. Like, oh, great. Hey, guys, Clemson's in there again. I'm saying if you're South Carolina and you drew Clemson in the playoffs, that would be just outstanding. Carolina's got a history of beating their ass in the postseason and other sports. Why not make it this the situation in football, right? I don't care about them. If they get in there, they get in. I mean – Nothing's going to be perfect. I know everybody in this in this fan base, for whatever reason, concerns themselves with what's going on at, at Clemson. But Jane Beamer ain't concerned about that. Well, you know, what's the best thing for South Carolina to get in? And I, I think that's where I'm going to be much more focused than them or Notre Dame or anybody else. Yeah, I, I think the thing is, with, and with I, I'm current, not trying to be a jerk, by the way. No, no, with the format, with the 12 team as it is, Clemson would have been a top four seed with a bye right. this year. Um, and the reason is really four of your top five teams came from two conferences in Alabama, Georgia, Ohio state, Michigan, uh, it's a Clemson sitting right there. Uh, but, but it's not the top four teams to get the buy. It's the top four conference champions. So, 
uh, you know, everybody else has to play a first round game. So Clemson would have been a top four conference champion, even though they were what eighth in the country. Um, so that's, uh, is that the snag guys? Is that the thing that's, cause that's held me up for a while too. I'm not, yeah. the top four teams need to buy, not the top four conference champions. Yeah, yeah I don't well, like that setup at all. No, because I mean, because then you get a two-loss Clemson. I mean, this year would have been a prime example for it. Or you know, even worse, you could be looking at you know a two or plus loss team from some other conference getting a buy, and you know, well, they, well, they did it for two. They did it for two reasons. Number one, you do the top four conference champs. Uh, that keeps you from having a you know, a three or four loss, you know, and, and most of these conferences are doing away with divisions anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in certain scenarios, you'll have a six and five pit team win the Coastal. What if they pull a massive upset? Are, are they going to be getting a bye? Or, no, they, they probably aren't even going to get in the playoff under this one because only the top six conference champions are guaranteed to get in. In theory, a seven to six conference champion from a power five would fall below probably two group of five conference champs. And so they wouldn't get in. So so it, it's designed to keep the top 12 in. But I'm, I'm with you. It's like, you know, why why would a team that's, like, you know, because Clemson's probably even behind like a Tennessee or something with, with the way their, their season went. Why did they deserve a bye? Uh, and Tennessee and Alabama and everybody else has to play in the first round when the other clearly better Ohio State because they didn't want to, co- you know. Um, but it also is because of this. I think it's because of Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame doesn't have to play in a championship game. Uh, they're, you know, ergo, right? The Irish, you know, they 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 don't they don't get that they don't get two buys. You, you see what I'm saying? Because um, you know you're talking about every other league and every other league champ, most of them having to play in a championship game. Uh, so that's 13 games before they get to the playoff. You know, Notre Dame, they can never get that by to where they're resting up, uh, you know, for two weeks uh, and all that good stuff. Um, they Because they're always going to be relegated to the first round. Makes a little cattywampus. What if Notre Dame's number one in the country? It's going to be yeah. weird. Well, but, there's, uh, there's some interesting yeah. things going to be coming down the pike with Notre Dame too, right? Because Southern Cal is headed to the Big Ten. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot for Notre Dame that's going to be changing. I'll be anxious to see whether one day their hand is forced into a league or not. I mean, they say that will never yeah. happen, but I, I don't know that I buy that. Yeah, I, I think too. I, you know, I, I I would like to see them join a league, but, uh, you know, it looks like this, this, this cattywampus playoff idea – uh, is both going to punish them and also reward them. Uh, and it also gives them a home football game, most likely as long as they're a higher seed, uh, you know, uh, in the playoffs. And, and that's another weird thing, too. You're given buys, but the way it's formatted now, guys, is campus sites for first round, then it goes to bowl bowls and then other bowls. So, so these teams that get the buy, they're not going to get a home playoff game. And that's a little strange to me. It's a little strange to me. Hour one is in the books. Anthony Wright will join us on Inside the Gamecocks, presented by Express Sunrooms. He'll be from his own Sinorama studio, hopefully. (laughs) And we will get into a little bit of the Super Bowl. This discussion certainly is not over. More of that to come. 
The women have a major matchup this weekend, guys. We haven't touched on it yet. They did take care of business on the Plains of Auburn last night. And now they'll welcome number three LSU to town on Sunday. So it's a jam-packed final hour. Don't go anywhere inside the Gamecocks. The show will be right back. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me. JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Sideline it picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. Chicken's got some racial spurs, spurs, spurs. You ain't just a bird, bird, bird. You're top of the coop, star of the show. You're a rooster who's born a crow. Well, I bet you wonder when, when you win or lost a step or two. Fell down the peck in order, couldn't find Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. We are presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John Barber a call or shoot him an email, 803-446-4662 or johnb at expresssunrooms.com to talk about how they can get some more sunshine into your life this summer. Get just sitting here looking at the uh, ladies' basketball score, yeah. 83-48. Uh, Phil, the league this year's down. The SEC is not really uh, what it's been in recent years, for sure. Carolina is. Uh, LSU's pretty darn good. There's no doubt about that. And um, Tennessee, you know, is having a nice year. But the, the Southeastern Conference is not holding its own water the way it has over the last few years, certainly. And but uh, but this weekend will be the premier matchup. Uh, the men also will travel to the Sandy and John Black Pavilion in Oxford, Mississippi, and look to snap a forever long losing streak against Ole Miss. Ole Miss isn't any good. Carolina's not either. Although they have played well the last couple of games, so we'll see what happens. It's a one o'clock tip, and then their next one is on Valentine's night uh, in Columbia against uh, Vanderbilt. Let me squeeze a couple of these quick things in too, uh, just kind of in the wide world of sports. Um, a couple of major lawsuits going on that involve former stars in the NFL. If you haven't seen or heard about this, Brett Favre 
has filed a major lawsuit against multiple people, including Pat McAfee and the brother of his favorite all-time target, Sterling Sharp, Shannon Sharp, uh, for defamation. It's it's going to be a while before this thing gets settled. Let's put it that way. But in addition uh, to uh, to filing a lawsuit against um, against Mississippi State Auditor Shad White, obviously uh, Brett Favre is is fighting for himself here because he is being accused of collaborating with the state of Mississippi to misappropriate about $77 million in funds uh, to his advantage. So he's going to fight back, and um, he is basically saying that Pat McAfee and Shannon Sharp have defamed his name publicly across the country. We'll see where that goes. Michael Irvin, this is an interesting story as well, guys. I'm not sure if you've seen this yet, but he was set to be a part of Super Bowl coverage uh, throughout the week on the NFL Network. However, two days ago on Wednesday – he was pulled from coverage, and there was a complaint that came in at the Fe- at the Renaissance Hotel in Phoenix about allegations that really aren't public. However, they have or the hotel informed the NFL Network that Michael Irvin had done something inappropriate, and they decided that he was not going to continue on coverage because of whatever they told him he did. So Michael Irvin has decided. Yeah, not going to let this fly. That's not what happened. He is now suing the Renaissance Hotel in Marriott for $100 million. $100 million. $100 million. million Pulled from Super Bowl coverage. Wow. I don't know what they were planning to pay him this week. My gut says it wasn't 100 mil, but that's the suit he's filed against the Renaissance and its parent company, Marriott. So back to back to you, JC. Yeah. Well, you know, Pat McAfee and Shannon Sharp should know better being, you know, professional broadcasters. You know, you have to use the word allegedly (laughs) and that will get you out of almost anything. I think think Pat is just learning some of the ins and outs of national television. Um, I, I'm going to probably be in the minority. I know it's the popular thing to hate him. I don't. I actually, I don't watch his show much. I actually really enjoyed him on College Game Day. But I know how the world works. And when when somebody says something negative, uh, it's uh, generally, you have to fall in line with that. And, oh, no, you're an idiot. Why would you say that? I actually thought he brought a lot of energy. I wish they would change some other things. But I actually brought a lot of energy. And I really liked um how respectful he was to Lee Corso throughout the year. Cause Lee Corso, although he is really struggling, he deserves respect. There's no doubt about that. I, I, I didn't mind it. I mean, I, I know why it happened. Obviously it's going to bring, I mean, it's all about eyes on TVs. Right. So that's why they did it. He's just not my favorite, but you know, I get it. I understand, but you're right. He did. He did treat uh, Corso well. I'm not a Mac. I, I don't know about Mac for you, but anyway, I, I, I rarely watch game day anyway, so uh, I don't care. And uh, you know, Irvin's is very interesting. I think we live in a world nowadays where a lot of folks toss accusations, and those that are in a position to try to do something about it or to make a statement about it, go ahead and make the statement without investigating. And I think that's BS. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, look, Farb, in my opinion, needs to tread carefully because. 
his legal situation is a little bit more, even though it may not may or may not be his fault. His legal situation is a little bit different than than, than some wild accusation. There's there's paperwork and it's more financial in nature. Uh, I don't understand Gamecock Twitter. Okay, Uh-oh. we'll go off here for a little bit. I don't interrupt you. Go ahead. I shouldn't read it, right? But okay, so the eleven, what we call the eleven ten project. I guess that's its unofficial name now. There are people losing their poo about the fact that they may eliminate seats. Let me just explain something to you, including geniuses on Twitter like, it ain't going to be louder if you take seats out. Would you like for me to roll through the smaller stadiums that don't? And I'm not talking, they're not cut into 35. They're going to be like Wake Forest Stadium people. They're going to add premium seating. There's probably just as many souls in the stadium. They're going to add like actual chairs. And that's going to cut out some, you know, you have to literally be like starving Marvin from South Park to fit in some of these bleacher areas, right? In case we haven't, you haven't walked around South Carolina lately, we got a, some people, including myself, that probably need about two of those bad boys, right? Okay. You know, they're they're putting in, you know, it was just rich, good, good, great, good, rich folk. Calm down and quiet down, Okay. You don't. None of you know the the details of this project. Okay, none of you are giving it a shot. You're just. It, it's it's like this college. You know, we're going streaking through the gymnasium and going to toilet paper the president's house because we can. Kind of mentality. It's stupid. And I understand you don't like Ray Tanner. And, and and honest to God, some of the some of the stuff that you don't like Ray Tanner for has nothing to do with his job. It's but it's because you're pissed off and your feelings are hurt. Because your team lost a game and you're looking for someone to blame. All right. I promise you, I promise you, this project, uh, whether you like it or not, it's going on without you, first and foremost. You can just take your crap and box it up and pull for somebody else because that's how ridiculous some of this backlash is, number one. Number two, I promise you, when all this stuff happens, you're going to be happy that it did. And it's going, it's not just, they're not just building condos and, you know, taking out East Upper and the blue collar folks and, you know, making them pay $100 a ticket or anything like that. That's not the plan. Okay. There will be condos and hotels and golf courses and retail and things like the battery. There's also going to be like massive facilities upgrades, massive fan experience upgrades for everyone involved. That transformational stuff for the university. And most importantly, guys, look, you don't, you understand, you have to get it done one way or the other. Everybody wants to win, right? It takes money to win. South Carolina is in the richest conference in, in the country. And yeah, they're getting all this TV money. And I see that as an excuse a lot. People, well, don't you take the NIL money and, and, or TV money and give it to NIL or whatever, because it's been like pulling teeth getting that to happen. But, but you know what? You know, yeah, everybody else gets the TV money too. And guess what? They have larger fan bases because their states are larger. You know, and they don't have you know, 30% of their fan base within their state pulling for somebody else. Or they're like Alabama and people will just give blood and do whatever they have to do, uh, get their power cut off, whatever, uh, to do it, uh, you know, to support Alabama. But they, they've all got a lot more resources in South Carolina. So how do you do it? You don't have oil. You know, you don't have Yellowwood like Auburn. You know, you're, you're not located in a bigger state like Georgia or Tennessee where you've just got 
twice as many fans, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, whatever. This is a way to do it, and it doesn't cost you guys anything, right? There's no plan for tickets to go up based on this. If anything, they'll go down, right? It'll be more affordable because they're not going to have to jack up prices. This project is not something where South University of South Carolina says, all right, let's take this $100 million we've raised and go borrow a crap ton because this is a multi-billion dollar project, right, with a B. They're not saying, let's take this money we've raised and put a down payment on it, finance it for 75 years and jack ticket prices up and fleece everybody. It's not. It's not. Wait. Just wait. Give it a chance. As far as eliminating seats go, that is way more of a pride thing than anything else. You know, I understand, you know, people were a little upset because it went from 80 to 77. If it goes from 77 to 72, who cares? It was 72 for years and one of the loudest places in America. Um, didn't lose any home field advantage. And, and I'll tell you right now, the, the tickets sold. And I don't care what you say and what you've seen on, at the games. I don't, I don't care because I have information on this. Uh, the tickets sold, oh, sold do not equal the people that come through the turnstiles. In most games, you would be very surprised at the discrepancy in those numbers. So wh what you want to do is uh, fill it up. And, and as far as the loudness goes, this whole thing is going to be designed to make Williams-Brice even louder. You know, people are, well, you take people out, boy. And that does sound like common sense, right? But it's not science. <laughs> the science says it. No, I mean, Husky Stadium in, in Seattle probably seats, what, 30,000 less than South Carolina? It's louder than South Carolina. War Memorial Stadium in Little Rock, Arkansas, louder than South Carolina. It's fans are right down on top of you. Colonial Life Arena, not as loud as Carolina Coliseum. Uh, is Neyland Stadium as loud as Williams Bryce? It gets loud when they get going, but it's not because they got 20,000 more people. The big house never gets loud. It's one of the largest stadiums in the country, neither does Rose Bowl. So think about that. I just, I, I'm just a little taken, and I know it's, it's not you guys in the chat box, most of you. It's the people on Twitter, which, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of getting down on the whole thing, not just Gamecock Twitter, uh, which every day I go and uh, look for it. You know, look through it. It depresses me just because of the sheer the, these people that that believe they have a voice. You know, and and, the, and if they knew more, they they probably they just tweet all day and don't know what the hell they're talking about. That bothers me, and and it stems from the Spurs Up show because Chris tweets out you know the highlights or whatever, and, and people that don't and have never even listened to me or read a thing I've said, which is in and of itself means they're not interested in learning much about what's really going on. They just want to bitch on Twitter, okay. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying I know it all. I mean, go, go, go listen to Chris Clark or Wes Mitchell, whoever you want to, Tony. I don't care if it's me or not. Listen to JB and Phil. But look, the the mere fact you don't even have any idea who I am. Who is this guy? I mean, get your Gamecock avatar out of your Twitter account because you don't know what's good for the program at all. You know, and I promise you, I will be right there fighting the power going streaking to the president's house, TPing the dang, uh, for to the, the KA house or whatever, uh, and fighting the power. If I thought for one minute, one minute, the university of South Carolina was trying to box out fleece, whatever you want to call it. The legions of you hardworking people who aren't rich, who sacrifice, 
to come to Williams-Brice Stadium every Saturday, who's made it a family affair every single weekend of your lives for years and years and years, your grandpa and grandpappy and everybody else comes. If I thought for a minute you guys were being negatively affected, I'd be right there with it. <laughs> God's getting me because I went off like that. But, um, right, you know, Passion. I, that was actually funny. Um, and somebody's probably going to clip that up a minute. Look at this clown. Yeah, look. Uh, you see, look. You it's your good clown coffin clown. But, yeah, they took our job. I just, I, 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 it's like, it's like the Taylor Swift song, This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. This is why, because every time something like this happens, you have all this backlash from people, and it's amplified now because of social media, that doesn't mean a thing. You don't know what you're, the hell you're talking about. You're just assuming that, you know, it's all for rich folks. Just give it a chance, guys. That's all I'm asking. And tell your friends that uh, don't know who I am. They, they probably should listen to the show and they'd laugh and have a good time. And I'm remind doing. them that they can be members of the Big Spurser 75% off right now. It'd be a good time to get a little plug in for your website. Right. Most of those people, by the way, don't even go to games. So, no. um, you know, I, if I, I've, I've, I've interacted with those as well, I've already had somebody that I've seen. Golly, man. I just think, I said, well, when's the last time you've been to a game? What the hell do you care? So, uh, I mean, yeah. And, and I think too, once the details come out with regards to, um, oh, by the way, fan fest for baseball is canceled because of rain Saturday. Um, I do think that, uh, once the details come out and people kind of realize, like about the cost versus reward, anybody with a brain is going to get behind it. I, I just, I just think it's unfortunate people are jumping to conclusions and, you know, making little snarky comments about Ray and Chance and the university in general when, when they don't really have a clue and then stirring other people up that are, aren't smart enough to kind of, you know, their buddies look at the rabbits, look at the rabbits, you know, and, and, uh, and telling them, hey, they're going to fleece you and take your seats away. Whoop, 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 really? Look at the rabbits. Look at the rabbits. Yeah. All right. We got to get a break. 1218 yeah, we on this Friday afternoon. And the rain is coming. Uh, at least where I am. But guess what? Speaking of what's coming, Anthony Wright, if you are in the East Upper or the West Upper, or the south end zone, or the north end zone back in the 90s, you you saw A1 play the game. And we are absolutely thrilled to have him. We're going to hit a quick timeout, and the former Gamecock quarterback will join us right here on Inside the Gamecocks this show. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your Low Country real estate broadcaster. 
Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Side line, it picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. Chickens got some racial spurs, spurs, spurs. You ain't just a bird, bird, bird. You're top of the coop, star of the show. You're a rooster who was born to crow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet you want to win when you win or lost a step or two. Most couldn't throw like him. A1 is what they called him. We can still call him that as long as he'll let us. Anthony Wright was a quarterback at South Carolina and all over the NFL. And as a matter of fact, JC, you already mentioned this earlier today. He's the last quarterback from South Carolina to really make it in the NFL. No offense to Connor, who certainly had a cup of tea, but uh, this was more like a jug of it. Anthony Wright, kind enough to join us at 1220 on this beautiful Friday afternoon. And I... Anthony, I mentioned earlier to to, uh, to JC, and we have a lot to talk to you about. I hope you can stay here for two hours because we're, we're going to keep you that long. <laughs> um, um, we, um, I mentioned to JC, I, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years. Uh, Phil's been in it for a while. JC's been in it for 25 years. And every once in a while, you, you talk to somebody that you, you, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I get to – wait a second, I get to talk to this guy. Um, being a kid when you were in Williams Bryce Stadium, that is one of those moments personally. So thanks for being a Gamecock and thanks for joining us. Welcome. What's up, man? Ain't much to it, man. Thank you guys for having me. Well, I'm happy to. I mean, it's it's Super Bowl week. Yeah. So like uh, we're gonna we're gonna ask you about your new QB venture. JC wants to ask you about your son. He's gonna do everything he can to get him into a Gamecock uniform. Um, we want to talk to you all about your career. But, like, you have a Super Bowl. Are you wearing your Super Bowl ring? 
Oh, did we lose his audio? Lost oh, audio. Here we go. Can oh, still can't hear him. There you go. I have the same issue with mine. It's okay. Can you hear can me you now? Hear? Yeah, yes, yeah, we're yes, here. Sir. Sorry, yeah, Super Bowl ring. Yeah, yeah, I had to What's up? Yeah, it's no problem, man. That's the thing. My, my head said that, did that the other day when I was on another show. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, the, the mic on the headset starts playing. It's, it's all this Bluetooth stuff, man. So Now back. back. All right. Sounds good, man. All right. Mm-hmm. So what what is Super Bowl week like, Anthony? I mean, you see all the media stuff. Do y'all actually, you know, practice or talk about the game? <laughs> what happens during this week leading up to it? Well, uh, when we went, well, we did have practice, and then we had our um, our media obligations. Uh, We didn't do much outside of that. So basically, we just did practice, and then we did our media obligations. And then, uh, uh, you know, we had our our basic, uh, we had to go to the cafe to eat, and then we had our curfew. So not like we had an opportunity to get out and enjoy the festivities of things that were going on in the city. My family did, though. My family really enjoyed it. And they told me about it. But uh, as a player, you don't get to do that. It's more of a business trip, right? Yeah. Uh, well, so that was that was a heck of a Super Bowl. Um, had to be sort of a, a great feeling uh, to go out there and win it. And I know you, you played for five different teams. I remember when you started for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so starting being the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, that particular franchise, uh, I would think that would be a little bit more pressure filled than, than even being a starting quarterback in college in the SEC at South Carolina. What, what, what can you say about, uh, you know, surviving that and playing pretty well for that particular franchise and that fan base? Cause there's just so much attention on the Cowboys. Uh, really it was a dream come true to be honest with you. Um, because I grew up as a Cowboys fan, mm. uh, you know, being here from North Carolina, um, yeah. really like a Cowboys fan or you was a Redskins fan. So I was a Cowboys fan coming up. So it was kind of surreal to have an opportunity to play for them. But at the same time, um, when you've been doing this for so long, uh, it was it was kind of like second nature to me. I didn't really see it as a too big of a deal at the time. Um, I was just playing football. And so um, I was given an opportunity by uh, Jerry Jones and his family to come in and play. And so um, I tried to be the best of my opportunity when, I, when it was given. Did you have a favorite what, a favorite target ever like, in your whole career? You know, I was just talking with somebody about this yesterday. The, the most underappreciated receiver that I ever played with was Derek Mason. Wow. Uh, Derek Mason was probably the most underappreciated receiver that I've ever played with. Um, as far as uh, targets, uh, you know, you, I had Todd Heap. Um, I played with Plastico Burris. Um, I played with Ocho Cinco, and I played with uh, Um I think every every guy had their own niche. You know, so probably the two toughest receivers that I played with were Hoosmanzada and Hans Ward. Um, Hans was probably the two toughest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Heinz Ward, of course, played, played some quarterback, too. Heinz Ward played some quarterback in college. Going back to college, I, that day in Knoxville when you got hurt, I, I remember that team in the 1997. Yeah. And 
I, I think that year you know, Peyton was on that Tennessee team. You guys had the defense and played the defensive game, in my opinion, to pull that upset. Uh, and then just unfortunately you went out. It was 22-7, I think, was the final. Uh, and then the season kind of unraveled from there. You know, do you ever think back to that and think think what if about the 97 Gamecocks? Because, you know, that was a good football team. It just uh, – when you went out, it just that, – that was kind of the, 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 the straw that stirred the drink, so to speak, and and that was that. Yeah, I know. I always say that the 97 season was my best uh, collegiate year. Um, you know, if if you really delve into it um, in 97, me and Peyton led every statistical category in the SEC. Uh, fast completion, um, touchdown. Um, we was one and two in every category. So it was he and I that was battling um, that year. And you know, going into that game, I felt good about our chance of winning. And like I said, it was unfortunate for me to get hurt the way I did because we were, like you said, we were a good team. I think we were five and three at the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. We were five and three at the time. Uh, we had three games to go. Obviously, it was the Orange Crush month, but we had three go- three games to go to try to get into a bowl game and went out there, got hurt. And uh, that was, like, that was... It was very disappointing. You know, I was very disappointed. Uh, like we end up losing our next three games and not making it to a bowl game. And so that's kind of how that went. But I felt very good about the 97 season. Yeah, and I said, of course, 96, you had Deuce Staley and Troy Hambrick. And then 97, you had Troy. So you, you had a pretty good running game. But I always, uh, I always thought, you know, the passing game was was pretty on time back then, too, with, with both those teams. But 97, uh, gosh, what is it? Kentucky. You played the Air Raid, How Mummy's Air Raid, and they came to town. I was at that game with Bryce. They got up, what, 14 nothing, and you yep. let them back and won 38-24 against a really good Kentucky team that year. Yep. So that was that was, that was a nice win. Nice yep. win. Who was Kentucky? Was that Couch? Yeah, Jim Couch. Couch. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you didn't think about that era of QBs that you played with, man. I mean, and honestly, when it came to physical attributes, you were better than all of them, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like, like I told you, man. If you look at the stats, man, it was me and Peyton. It was me and Peyton. Um, he was one, and I was two. And oh, I was one, and he was two. And so we was going back and forth the entire season. And uh, like I said, when we finally played against each other, I ended up getting hurt. But um, I, I think that uh, you know, it was unfortunate because we ended up getting rid of Coach Reeves after that year. Coach mm-hmm. Reeves, you know, God rest, God rest his soul. Um, you know, we got rid of him at the end of that year and brought in Chuck Reedy. And uh, Chuck Reedy came in with this high school offense and my for my senior year and didn't pan out. So, um, yeah, I remember you got switched up at, at Ole Miss that year. You went from the I thought that was a disaster of a hire. I'll just be honest. I thought it was one of the worst mistakes I've ever seen. Oh, definitely uh, was. No, no offense to him or, what, or anything, what, but from a that from was, your yeah, from your perspective as a quarterback, walk us through that transition. I mean, we're, we're obviously we don't want to throw people under the bus or anything like that, but what did you go through there? It was hard, man. It was tough. Um, he came in with a different philosophy. I think he had coached at Clemson before. I think he had coached at Baylor. He just got fired from Baylor or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he came in with the Clemson offense from 1980s, and um, we were trying to run the ball. 
And uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you this story. This pretty much sums up the whole season. We were playing Ole Miss at Ole Miss, and I think at the time we were like one and three or something like that. And we went back to the Florida State offense. Uh, we had four wides. We were throwing the ball up and down the field, moving the ball up and mm-hmm. down the field. And um, I remember this one particular play. We was on the one-yard line coming out, right? So we're in, uh, uh, we backed up on the one-yard line, and we got in triple I. We got in triple I, and we handed the ball off to the last guy. And, he, and guess what happened? He got safety. So we ended up losing that game, mind you, by two points. Mm-hmm. 30 to 28. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I actually saw your last game at Death Valley uh, against Clemson, 28-19. I actually went to that one. That was that, that was a pretty easy ticket, but I, I remember you you I don't know if this was your last touchdown as a game or not, but I remember you scored first drive on a bootleg uh run in that one and uh went up so went up seven nothing, the game just didn't work out. Um so did you ever think after you left South Carolina, uh, t- walk us through kind of how you uh, obviously you went undrafted free agent, you know, you know, got yourself after a tough finish to your college career, uh, really tough, you know. And got yourself ready to be a, a professional quarterback. Do you, do you think maybe some of that adversity uh, w- made you able better to deal with the pressure and the, you know, the, uh, the 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 professionalism and discipline and all that good stuff that it takes to be a pro quarterback? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I, like I said, once again, I got to give my good credit to Coach Reeves. Um, you know, he really taught me how to be uh, be a quarterback, and so. Uh, after that last game against Clemson, we um, we were one in ten, and I didn't know which direction my career was about to go, and I didn't know if I, I was about to a regular job. So I got invited to the combine. I got invited to the combine, uh, and I went to the combine and did really well. I, uh, I did so well. Now, mind you, the year that I came out, we had uh, it's probably one of the most loaded uh, quarterback. Uh, years probably in, in the history of, you know, of the draft. We had Cole Pepper, we had Donovan McNabb, uh, we had Keely Smith, um, I think we had like Kay McBrown. Um, we had a I think a two cows. We had a we had a bunch of guys, right? And so um uh, I go to the combine and I do well at the combine. Um but I end up failing my physicals. Um, all the uh, doctors failed me uh, because of my uh, my knee. Mm-hmm. So um, I had some teams that were going to draft me uh, late first round, second round, based mm-hmm. off my performance at the combine. But um, like I said, they failed me on my physical, and I ended up going undrafted free agent. And uh, and kind of my my career kind of went like I was I was. Like I said, I was I was fighting, you know, scratching uh, and clawing uh, uh, in the NFL, but I, you know, I, I I lasted and I made it. So <laughs> that's good. yeah, long time, longer than a lot. Uh, do, do you keep up with South Carolina football now? Uh, with Shane Beamer and what they're doing? Yes, I do. I do. I, as a matter of fact, I go to all their camps. I take my son to their camps. Um, uh, they run really good camps. Uh, you know, I went yeah. to a. Went to their camp, and I went to a couple other camps. And the one thing that I'll say about the South Carolina camp is it was very competitive. 
uh, the guys get into it and they compete. And um, mm. so it's probably one of the better camps that I've been to when it comes to competition. Uh, uh, we also um, also took my son to, like I said, a Clemson camp. And uh, it's, not, it's nowhere as competitive as Carolina camp. Our camp is way, our camp is way more competitive than the Clemson camp. Anthony, I, I um, are you short on time, or can can you hang around with us for a little bit, or you, you have somewhere yeah. to be? Yeah. So we, we've got a break that's about to come up here in a couple of minutes, anyways, and um, and and I want to uh, kind of stretch that conversation about camp, your son, Coach Beamer, how much this place has changed since you've been here. Um, and, and a couple of other things that we certainly have to, to get to with you. But so, Phil, why don't we go ahead and hit this break? Uh, we'll get this out of the way and then we'll come back and, and we'll just end up wrapping this thing up with with a one who, by the way, soon will uh, uh, will be launching the a one quarterback academy, which if you if you want to be a quarterback or you know somebody that does, it might be a pretty good place to start. Uh, so we're certainly going to get into that. So hang tight. Former quarterback Anthony Wright. We'll continue on with us here on Inside the Gamecocks when we return. I want you to take me to Disney World. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As you all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on earth. I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie, a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, in fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation or, you know, more likely your first, so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com and talk to Cherie, certified Disney vacation planner, a partner of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Aventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey, Mo Calvert here from Carolina Gamecocks. You're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Welcome Phil. back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Yep, I got to get everybody turned back on here after that crazy little break that we take. Yeah, let's see here. If you don't mind, no, I know, either. right? Yeah, there we are. Hey, everybody, <laughs> welcome back. Hey, too well, many buttons I, to click on we, that last we, one, man. <laughs> we we owe a one a major apology. He had to sit through JC's clown commercial for uh, Disney World, and uh, so we're we're 
I don't terribly know. sorry about it's, that. It's a bit more performance art than it is promo, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 Anthony. I, yeah. I, you know, this is, I, 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 as good of a career as you had, you're, you're what are you, forty six years old? I mean, yes. you, you, Brady just retired. What, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing football. Um, mm-hmm. so, it's crazy. How do you – you were a quarterback in the league for, what, 10 years? Yes. How do you play in the NFL until you're 45 years old? You've got to have good protection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Good, good, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, tell no me that doesn't matter because, you know, he lost to y'all anyway. <laughs> in, in the game that matters. You, you beat him, yeah. Spoiled that um, season. <laughs> uh, so, so, so it's about your son. I just watched some film. Charlotte Country Day, class of twenty twenty five quarterback. Correct, Khalil. 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 Uh, yes. He throws a ball. It, it honestly looks like you throwing the ball. Uh, that same kind of arm delivery, smooth release, all that good stuff. So tell us uh, how he's performing and uh, school. Any schools looking at him? Is he planning to camp some places this summer and all that? Let's. Uh, you know, because I definitely think he's he's on the radar. Uh, you know, based on the film I watched and the, and, and the, some of the talk out there. You know, just kind of talk about his game a little bit. Well, he's um, you know, he's coming along really really well. Um, my thing was um, I wanted to make sure I was patient with him. I didn't want to mm-hmm. rush him. Um, so um, I've been working with him for a very long time. Um, you know, he probably gets tired of me talking about football with him, but he doesn't think. <laughs> It doesn't seem like it, but you know we could we could be sitting here watching a game, and I may stop the television live game and rewind it, and talk <laughs> about it right, and, and talk about what you could be reading, seeing the safeties, seeing the rotation of the safeties, understanding the protections, understanding how to change the protections, um, understanding the run game. So we we get very like intricate in, in the details of, of the game. Um, but he's coming on really well, man. I'm I'm, I'm proud about uh, where he is. He has very good work work ethic. Um, you know, he looks good right now. He's six one, about 185 pounds. Wow. The other day, tell him he's repping out 200 uh, 200 pounds for about eight eight reps. Ooh, um, that's strong. Yeah, so he's he looks good um, physically. Um, he's uh, 16. Um, so I, I've been working with him for a long time. He looks really good. There's some teams that have, that had some interest in him. Um, you know, NC State came by, took a look at him uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Elon came by, took a look at him. Uh, East Carolina came by, took a look at him. Um, he got been followed on Twitter by uh, uh, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee has uh, some interest. So there's a few. There's a few teams that has some interest, but uh, we're not really right focused on uh, just continue to improve. Continue yeah. to learn. There's so much. There's so much to learn in this position. There's so much experience that he has to go through in order to be good. And so I just want him to continue to learn, continue to get the experience, continue to listen to what I I, I say. No, the funny thing about it is, as a dad, um, sometimes you got to get that same word coming from somebody else, right? So yeah, yeah. Sometimes I get someone else. Uh, matter of fact, we're going to Alabama uh, this summer, and. Uh, and work out with a guy down there. Um, it's actually, he's a guy that I met at the Manning camp. Uh, we did the Manning camp last year um, in Louisiana, and it was hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Louisiana the summer, boy. Uh, well, I tell you what, it, it is so neat to hear a dad who actually, you know, 
he knows how to teach quarterbacks more than likely because he was a good quarterback. Yeah. And you have these other dads out you there. Some guy that's and, all, a- and all types of sports that feel like they know everything in the world, right? Yeah. Um, you got to watch those Then you guys. have one like this who actually understands it. But I, I – it's it's interesting um, because it, it flows into the new conversation of football. How will you or have you even thought about how you will handle things like NIL and the transfer portal with your son? Uh, um, I, honestly, I haven't gotten into much depth with it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of know about what's going on. Um, I, I you know obviously I watch news and I read articles about it. Um, I know a little bit about it. But right now, our focus is is I want him to be good. That's that, that's that's the focus. The focus right now is that I want you to be good enough to where any field you step on, you could be the best guy on the field. And we'll let those other things, the NIL, the transfer portal, we'll let those things work themselves out. Yeah. Um, but you got to step on the field to impress the coach that you're playing for. And that's kind of our main goal right now. And like I said, we'll we'll deal with the other things when they come. You're uh, starting some quarterback training, or you, you have been doing some quarterback training, uh, not just with your son, but in the Charlotte area. Yes, I, I think that's that's tremendous. You know, I uh, to to Jamie's point earlier. You know, and I, I I was a I covered recruiting on a national level for about you know until about seven years ago, for about mm-hmm. fifteen years, and they're just are they're just some folks, a lot of folks that that. Uh, you know, have a wealth of knowledge that really get the best out of their quarterbacks. And there's some that don't, you know, I don't, I don't know why they're in it because they, they don't have the experience to do it. Right. Uh, you definitely seem, you know, with all your experience and all that, you, you definitely know your stuff. How is that going? What, what caused you to kind of get into that and share and, and with other people and, uh, you know, give back to others and, and all that good stuff uh, at, at this stage. Cause you know, it, it sounds like something that everybody in that area that wants to play quarterback uh, really regionally uh, could take advantage of. There just aren't too many people out there that were starters in the SEC, potential second-round draft picks, and spent 10 years in the league. Uh, and like you said, uh, all the rotation of the safety, pause of the tape, all that good stuff. Not a lot of coaches do that. A lot of stuff, 707 these days, you know. So uh, speak to that and kind of what, what you have planned. Uh, and what you're up to in terms of uh, teaching the quarterback community at large? Well, it's, it's a it's been it's a passion of mine. It's what it is. It's a passion, and the reason why it's a passion is because um, when I came out of high school, I didn't know a lot. So I remember okay. coming out of high school and playing Prime Bowl, and I started, but I didn't play well, and I didn't understand why I didn't play well. And then I played in the first All-American Bowl that was in Pennsylvania. It's now like yeah. the Army All-American Bowl, I think, now. Yeah. I played in the All-American Bowl in Pennsylvania, and I started in that game as well, and I didn't play well. And I and it got to a point where before I came to South Carolina, I was kind of questioning myself as to if I could do it. You know, because here I am now. I played in these All-American games. And I didn't play well. Well, um, going back to John Reeves again, um, my second year at South Carolina, uh, Coach Scott brought in John Reeves. And John Reeves taught me coverages. He taught me defenses. And he taught me how to study. And those things were the difference. That's why I didn't play well, right, in 
those All-American games because I didn't know what I was looking at. I didn't know what I was doing. I had never been coached. I was raw. I was a raw talent, and I didn't have an understanding of the game. And so me having that experience is the reason why I started this academy, why I started training quarterbacks, because I didn't want the younger quarterbacks to go through the same things that I went through. I didn't want them. I want them to be ahead of what I was when I was in high school. I want them to know coverages. I want them to know cover two. You know, you can't throw a hitch in a cover two, or you can't throw a comeback in versus two man, you know, because that guy's going to be sitting under that comeback. You got to understand what you're looking at, and then that's going to slow the game down and make it easier. So that's my passion is being able to get those, get that knowledge, get that information to the younger kids so that they can be uh, ready to play when it's their time to play. You, 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 that is awesome. I love when when we have quarterbacks around here. We've done this a lot, guys, with with Perry Orth in the past. I've done this with Stephen Garcia. Uh, you know, you, you hear these quarterbacks talk. It's amazing that y'all actually know what you're talking about. And all the, the eighty thousand people sitting there, they generally know more than you on Saturdays. But during the week, you somehow know what you're talking about. Um, and, but Anthony, I want to transition that uh, over a little bit. How would how would you? This is kind of a two part question, so I'll let you take it and run with it. This is probably something um, that people would are going to be very interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you, former Gamecock quarterback, former SEC quarterback, former NFL quarterback, describe current quarterback Spencer Rattler, and why would Spencer Rattler want to play? I don't know how much you know about the new offensive coordinator and Dowell Loggins, but he did call plays and coach quarterbacks for 11 years in the NFL. So what is he going to be learning from this guy with that bringing that much experience from the NFL level to South Carolina? Well, um, first of all, I think Spencer is, 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 is very good. Um, he, had, he made some throws last year that were – like handoffs and dropping the bucket. You got to keep running. Don't slow down. Run right in touchdowns. And those are elite throws. When you start talking about um, the NFL guys, uh, the, he, the coach that he's going to get in is it's going to be a lot more intricate, a lot more detailed. And what I mean by that is uh, a lot of times uh, you got to know your fronts, you might have to check run plays. You might have to go from run run to another run based on the front that you see. So if it's an over front or if it's an under front or if it's a bare front, whatever whatever front it may be, you may have to check out of that um, based on the play. You have to know your, your protections. A lot of times, um, like I said, I don't know if this is what the coach is going to do, but a lot of times you have to know your protections. So I have to know if the Mike and Sam are coming if they are my hot or if I can change the protection to pick that up. And then if I do change the protection to pick that up, then I have to also let the next man know that he may be hot on the other side. So it's a lot more control that comes involved, that's involved when you start talking about higher levels of, of, of coaching and, and education. So I, I don't necessarily know exactly what uh, coach is going to do, but I do know that when you get into the NFL, those are the things that are required of you. You know, you're required to know what the fronts are. You're required to be able to redirect protections. You're required to be able to see things that a lot of college players can't see. And so, you know, and which is good because it prepares you 
right? It prepares you for the next level. Mm -hmm. it, the thing about it is it takes a lot of time, right? It's time consuming. So you have to sit there, you have to study, you have to study, and you have to study some more. And so you have to be dedicated to your craft in order for that to, to, to work, work out well. Can, can I follow that up real quick, guys? Because I, I, I often, you know, we just went through, um, you know, a couple of years with Coach Satterfield has now moved on to Nebraska. And one of the things that was talked about towards the end of his tenure here and certainly in, in whom they were going to hire, uh, Anthony, was, 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 quote, dumbing it down. You, you can bring the NFL stuff to the co collegiate level, but you need to dumb it down in order for, for it to kind of work uh, because not all these guys are going to the league. What does that mean exactly? Exactly what I just said. So basically not giving them all that. So I may not, I may not, I may just give you runs where you don't have to. I may not allow you to be able to change. You know, I just keep it simple. If this guy comes, you throw hot. Instead of being able to change the protection, pick him up. Okay. We're just going to keep it simple and say, okay, if that Sam linebacker blitzes, throw, throw hot. Don't change the protection. Throw the hot. So, right. so, like the diff the difference between like the fast break, the Florida State offense, and, and whatever Coach Reeves brought with him from Florida. So, so that would be kind of more what you did at South Carolina uh, when you, or, or were you guys a little more advanced than that dur during your college That's career? What we did, um, it, now that I think about it, a lot of stuff that we did was very simple. Mm -hmm. And basically, if if the free safety came in a blitz, I threw a sight adjust. I wasn't changing the protection to pick that up. Right. I, uh, I was just through the side adjust. If the Mike Sam came on a blitz, I just threw the hot. I was I wasn't expecting to pick that up. I didn't really know fronts until sure. I, so I wasn't uh, I didn't have to come to the line of scrimmage and determine if it was an over or under front. All I had to do was run the run play. You know what I mean? So it wasn't it wasn't as intricate as it is in the NFL. How many hours a week in the NFL would you say you have to you have, you have to put in to get all that down pat? Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, What's man. your job? It's your job. It's your job. Especially, see that, that that's the thing. See that's the key. The key is a lot of these young guys don't understand that that's their job. Okay. They're still treating it like they're in college. They're still treating it like they're in high school. Like no. The amount of hours that you got to put in, the amount of study that you got to put in, you have to almost be the offensive coordinator. Like mm -hmm. you and the coordinator have to be like this. And what they don't understand is a lot of those co pro coaches, like never even leave, even college, but those guys never even leave the office. Like I had coaches in, in, in the pros that had beds, they had blow up beds in their office. Like they, sometimes they didn't even go home. So they had to spend that much time. Think about it. You had to game plan for the next day you had to watch the practice for the day you had you had to break that down then like i said you had to prepare for the next day's practice a lot of those guys never even go home during the week now i had coaches that 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 finished work at one o'clock but then had to be back in the building at five <laughs> lived, let's just say they live 45 minutes away so that's a 45 minute drive home then a forty, that's a forty-five minute drive back. It's an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. So a lot Goodness. of those, maybe, so really as a as, as a quarterback, if you really want to be successful, a lot of those guys. Like I saw something on Drew Brees where Drew Brees before he broke one of his records, the team had practice. 
they they did all the practice and then he stayed after practice on the field for like another two hours going through the strip again by himself just walking through the strip on the play out seeing it visualizing it in his head and knowing what to do like that's the kind of time you got to spend if you want to be great and that's one of the things that i my son i tell my son all the time i said listen if you want to be great if you want to be good i need you to understand what you're getting into I need you to understand that this is what it's going to require if you really, really want to be good. You're going to have to like, and I tell them this all the time, and I kind of mean it, and I'm kind of joking at the same time, but I really kind of mean it more than joking. I tell them all the time that you're going to have to kind of be a square, bro. Like, you can't be that it guy. You can't be that Johnny Manziel guy. You can't be that guy to say, I know Jay-Z. I know, uh, I, I know, uh, I don't know, Timberlake. You can't be that guy. You got to be that guy that, you got to stay locked in and focused and do and, and handle your business. But can you be the guy that knows Darius Rucker? <laughs> <laughs> now you can know Darius Rucker. <laughs> okay. All right. So how? So if people want to get in touch with you to get involved in a one, how do they? How do? Is there a website? How do they find you? Right now, uh, I've got the website developing. I'm developing okay. also my, my YouTube channel. Um, but right now, uh, uh, my well, it's, my Instagram is big right b i g w r i g h two. So it's okay. big right number two b i g w r i g h t and the number two. That's my ID. And then um, obviously my Twitter is mystery three two twenty two. So my 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 Twitter is. M Y S T E R Y, two 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 two. Well, and, we're, and and we'll keep promoting that. And you know, you you can always come on this show. I mean, we'll we'll stay in touch with you, and um, we'd love to. As a matter of fact, if you want to come talk ball anytime you want to, and just use it as an easy way to promote yourself, do it because we love to talk talk ball around here. Uh, I I I have one more question, and or actually. I think two more questions. I do want to get your Super Bowl pick. Okay. Um, but I and this is a this is a tough question to ask. But but I but I do want to ask you. You know, a couple a few years ago, you had a horrible thing happen to you, and you yeah, survived. Yeah. yeah. Um, how how's that changed your life? Well, it's 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 actually it's strengthened my foundation. Yeah. It's strengthened my foundation. You know, what I mean, I I, I uh, my belief system. Um, I know that I'm here for a purpose. I know that I'm here for these kids, I'm here for my kids. I'm here for uh, the rest of these kids that I can that I can help. And um, you know, so I I, I don't I, I tell people all the time I'm never uh, I don't I don't regret it, right? I don't blame anybody. Right? I don't walk around here with a feeling bad about feeling sorry for myself or, or feeling upset. With but um, I know I'm here for a reason, so uh, I'm gonna make sure I. Uh, capitalize on that reason well i tell you what uh gamecock fans uh sure are happy to see you and uh you are welcome here any time you would like to be there's a long way to hold on just a second phil is uh is a one allowed on our program more than once or you're the oh, gatekeeper uh, oh open invitation anytime <laughs> oh, okay. Anthony. Open invitation. <laughs> <laughs> who wins the right. super bowl this week super bowl you know what's crazy um i think that it's going to be which team has the ability to score the most points. 
And if that's the question, I would I would have to go with uh, Pat Mahomes. Yeah. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good you point. You know, you can't pick Philly having played that many years in Dallas, right? Man, Philly, <laughs> man. But, man, trust me, many times. But it's not because of that, though. It's not because of that. <laughs> I think that – I just think Pat Mahomes, he, he, those guys can score more points. Uh, they, they can score more points. He, he, he's just – he's a magician. But at the same time, again, Philly has a good defense. Um, I think, um, I think the Eagles' offense is a little more conventional. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is as explosive as uh, as Chiefs is, but at the same time, you know, when you got Pat Mahomes on the other side and he's running around and making backyard throws and acting like he's about to run and then flipping it at last minute for touchdowns, mm-hmm. like it's hard. It's hard to beat that. It's hard. Yeah, the Bengals found that out last week, man. Bad. So, well, man, we appreciate it, man. It's been an honor. It's been an honor. And good luck to your son. And we're looking forward to talking to you soon, man. Yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me, man. And I wish you guys the best. Thanks uh, so you much. You too. Yes, Thanks, sir. man. Thank you. Mm-hmm. One of the best, uh, Anthony, best Wright. quarterbacks to, to ever play at Carolina, right there, and uh, yeah. proved it in the NFL. And kind of a, a a picture of how to overcome adversity, both on and off the field, in my opinion. A uh, great question there at the end, by the way, JB. And yeah, we're yeah. over. We're overtime. So, yeah, it's kind of well, overtime on a Friday. Don't we get paid time and a half? For if this? it's yeah. if it's somebody, if it's someone like a one that keeps you OT, it's all right. I'm, oh I'm okay yeah, with that. yeah. We had to you get know, that, I mean, if so. it's like Whittle yeah, or something, no, I'm not going to minute past one for Whittle. Yeah. What about Coach O? No, <laughs> uh, well, no, uh, I'm not. But I, but I, but we will. I'll get with y'all, and we'll. We'll get some stuff together so occasionally we can throw up some some graphics for him to help build sure, his uh, absolutely his quarterback. And, and I, I know a lot of parents out there whose kids play and a lot of play quarterback too. And they're in the Charlotte area. Actually, one of my buddies Skip, uh, his kid's a quarterback, so I'm about to hit Skip up and be like, "Hey, man, remember?" Because Skipper used to go with me to the the games when Anthony played in '97. We went. We were in college and we went to a lot of games together that year. And he he knows exactly. Well, and so. JC, there's some excellent quarterbacks in the Charlotte area in addition to his son. And I'm almost anxious to see or find out down the road if any of them are walking through the doors of the A1 quarterback uh, academy. Yeah. Um, because we might be able to get a little inside scoop on some of the guys that Carolina's recruiting. And hopefully they will be recruiting his son. That would be – it's been really neat to see this over the last few years. I know we got to go. But we watched Deuce Staley's son play South Carolina – I know Brandon Bennett pretty well, and 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 watching his son Braden play up at Coastal, uh, you've got the you know a, the A one deal going on here. I saw Zola Davis's kid play when he was at Wando just a couple of years ago. All the guys I grew up watching now, all their boys are coming up and playing football. Uh, it's making me making me feel pretty old pretty quick. So pretty cool stuff. That that was great, great, great. I'm so glad he said uh, said yes to coming on and chatting with us. Thanks yeah. for allowing it, Phil. No, yeah, but always happy to have somebody worthwhile on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Former quarterback. <laughs> yeah, these people are coming back. It's like having people inside suites won't make stadium louder. Yeah. <laughs> I, JC, I, don't, let, don't let it ruin your weekend. That was yeah, – we'll, we'll, we'll talk Carolina's more. 13th out of 14th in the SEC in suites. Does that mean that oh Georgia's not Auburn Auburn LSU aren't loud? <laughs> People chat tweets.
15th year at Applebee's coming up for JC. Yeah, 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 about to start at number one. I got to get to Applebee's, y'all. That's it. Thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks, JC and Phil. Appreciate you letting me be a part of it, as always. We'll see you on Monday.